Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Dirt Radio. I am your host, Phil Evans, coming at you live from the studios of 3CR on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation. Uh, We extend our... Acknowledgement and respect out to elders past, present and emerging and always seek to work with traditional owners as we struggle for environmental and social justice. Today on the show, I wanted to talk about the uh, thing that is on everyone's lips who uh, was around last week, Um, of course, talking about the school strike that happened uh, with over 75 decentralised actions around the country. It was a pretty huge day and really exciting to watch unfold. But for now, let's just go to a bit of a community service announcement. In December 2017, Tanya Day, proud Yorta Yorta woman and much-loved member of the Aboriginal community, was travelling by train to Melbourne. When V-Line staff found her asleep, they called Castlemaine Police and she was removed from the train and charged with public drunkenness. Tanya died 17 days later as a result of head injuries sustained while in custody. This would never have happened had the recommendations of the 2001 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody been implemented. Tanya Day's family is calling for the crime of public drunkenness to be abolished and for the implementation of genuine community health alternatives to incarceration. Please add your support by signing the petition at 3CR Reception, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, or online by entering Tanya Day Petition into your browser. You are listening to 3CR. This is Phil Evans on Dirt Radio. And of course, uh, you can always listen to and catch up with us on our podcast at 3cr.org.au. As I said on the intro, uh, we were talking about the school strike today. So over the last weekend, thousands of students took to uh, climate uh, to federal MPs' doorsteps with over 75 strikes happening around the country. They were calling for one to stop Adani or the large coal mine that is proposed up in far north Queensland. Number two, calling for no new fossil fuel developments. And number three, calling for 100% renewables by 2030. 75 strikes uh, strikes took place at Federal MPs' offices around Australia and with over 700 happening globally just days out from our federal election. Um, In Melbourne... 
Over a thousand students sat down in front of the Liberal Party headquarters, chanting loudly and holding signs with slogans such as, Scott, three strikes and you're out, prompting a shutdown of the headquarters office. Hundreds of students are headed then to Josh Frydenberg's office for a colourful rally and march. A dozen strikes took place across the Melbourne city today. Let's hear right now from a bit of from the rally outside of Josh Frydenberg's office in Kuyong. This is 11-year-old Elise. When I learned to read, I picked up an atlas. From that atlas, I learned about Earth's biodiversity, about the polar caps, about plants and animals. When I was older, I read another book. In this book, I learned about coal gas and about logging and mining and about how they burn it and turn it into energy the energy that our society relies on, and then about the consequences, about how the earth is heating because of gases trapped in our system, about global warming making the polar ice melt, about that same heat killing more species and species every week, and while animals die, the earth dies slowly too. Suddenly, it made no sense. If burning and mining coal was so harmful, it threatened the existence of the human race, wouldn't our leaders be doing everything to, to lower our emissions by making rapid transitions to renewable energy? But no, they aren't. And now, when the population is feeling the impact of this climate emergency, building another coal mine seems beyond absurd. <laughs> On May 18, you have the opportunity to change the world. And you must change the world because we cannot afford another three years of rising emissions. And because the people who are most affected still cannot vote. Your children and grandchildren who will have to battle the consequences cannot vote. You must vote for us. For us. So we have a world to call home. That, of course, was 11-year-old Elise outside of uh, Josh Frydenberg's office in Kuyong uh, last Friday as a part of the school strikes. So for those who don't know, the Australian school strike movement began last year when school students in central Victoria were inspired by 15-year-old Swedish student Greta Thunberg, who's become a bit of an international celebrity, who began striking outside of the Swedish parliament every Friday, which she's been doing since August last year. In March, we saw around 15,000 students hit the streets uh, for a, the first of the school strikes in Australia. And then last November, we saw, uh, sorry, last November, we had 15,000 on the streets. And then in March earlier this year, we saw 150,000 students take to the streets to be part of those uh, school strikes. So on Friday last week in Sydney, we um, saw students covering all quarters of the city with 500 students rallying outside of Tony Abbott's electorate in Manly. Um, there was about 100 outside of Scott Morrison's in the south and 500 made a racket with kazoos at Labor MP Albany, Anthony Albanese in the inner west. After the Manly rally, Warringah students confronted Tony Abbott who told them that climate change was not man-made and a dozen or so strikes took part in Sydney on Friday. Let's hear a little bit from, this clip's gone a bit viral, a 14-year-old Stella talking about why she took part in the climate strike. I just don't know if they're going to do anything. And I just, I'm so concerned with the fact that if they're not going to change anything, then what's going to happen to humankind? What's going to happen to our, what's going to happen to the whole world? If, if no one does anything... 
That was 14-year-old Stella in Sydney talking about what she uh, fears from the the school strikes. Very powerful and emotional words there. Um, Let's also hear from outside of the Warringah office. Uh, This was one of the MCs. Uh, This, of course, was a youth-left movement. Sends shivers down my spines just thinking about how amazing all the young kids who organised and had this courage to stand up um, just before we heard 11-year-old Elise. Amazing. I can barely think about how uh, unable to speak so clearly I can right now, um, let alone when I was 11-year-old. Let's hear Eliza now, um, who was one of the MCs at the rally um, outside of Tony Abbott's office. So Eliza, would you like to tell everyone why you're here today? I'm here today because I don't believe that we deserve a future dictated by coal lobbyists and big corporations. I don't believe that we deserve a future that's dominated by extreme weather conditions like fire, floods and all sorts of horrible atrocities. We're out in front of Tony Abbott's office as a somebody who's been born and raised in the Warringah electorate. It pains me to know that I'm so grossly misrepresented in Parliament by a figure like Tony Abbott. So we're here today to make a stand and we're fighting for our futures. Um, so we really hope that you come down if you can to one of your local events and we can see you there. That was Eliza, who was the MC at the rally outside of Tony Abbott's office. Sorry, a little bit of noisy, that clip, but uh, sent through um, via Facebook. So I'd suggest that you jump onto Facebook right now if you haven't already and make sure you're following the School Strike for Climate using the number four, for the, the word four there, School Strike for Climate on Facebook, where you can go back and have a look at all the inspiring young people from around the country who took part in actions as a part of this amazing emergent movement. Um, the strike, of course, went all around the country in Brisbane, uh, people uh, rallied outside of Peter Dutton's office. Uh, people were in Far North Queensland rallying. I saw strikes in Perth where around a 1,000 students rallied in the city, which is amazing. Uh, in Hobart, there was around a 1,000 students as well. Um, this really is an amazing growing movement, and it is exciting to see youth taking the lead on this very important issue. Um, after the strike last Friday, um, the young kids intend on turning their attention to recruiting hundreds of students to turn out for polling booths across the country for election day. Too young to vote, but not too young to take part in democracy. Very inspiring stuff. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Tune in, dig deep and clean up by purchasing some fantastic discounted gardening books from 3CR's online garden store. We have books on water-wise gardening, organic vegetables, roses, climbers and creepers and even clematis. It's easy. Just go to our website, 3cr.org.au, and follow the links on the front page. Don't have internet access? Call the station during business hours between 9 and 5, and we'll post out a catalogue in the mail. All proceeds help keep Melbourne's favourite gardening show on air for another year. Tune in 7.30am every Sunday morning. Yeah. 
Yes, tune in to that great show. Always good to hear um, about all of the other shows that you can listen to on 3CR. And of course, don't forget to feed Radical Radio and become a subscriber now. You can pick up the phone and call 03 9419 8377. That's 03 9419 8377 and become a subscriber. There are all sorts of um, different prices. It's very accessible. So jump online to 3cr.org.au as well if you uh, prefer to do things that way and become a subscriber. So before the break, we were listening to some of the radical actions happening from school strikers around the country. Um, It's really, really heartening to see young people taking a lead on this important issue as we descend into climate chaos. So the demands, of course, were... Just to recap again, one was to stop Adani, two was no new fossil fuels, and three was 100% renewables by 2030. Joining me on the telephone now is someone who is no stranger to uh, renewable energy. It's Friends of the Yes uh, Renewable Energy spokesperson and Yes to Renewables coordinator, Pat Simons. Pat, how are you this morning? Morning, Phil. Excellent. Um, so we were just listening to school strikers before, and one of their demands was 100% renewable by 2030. Is that possible? Oh, it's it's totally possible. And I think if you if you read any of the uh, articles by um, leading energy economists, experts at the moment, um, many many of them will will tell you that a 100% renewable energy system is completely technically feasible. And in Australia, you know, it's it's within our reach. For sure. I mean, it, it, it's, it all sounds like our big lofty aims, but um, all these things are possible. And it's it's strange that even uh, the, the real truth is coming from the mouth of the babes. Yeah, well, I think that kids have a habit of, um, you know, telling it like it is and, and not being afraid to um, say things impolitely, but just putting their, putting their opinion out there clearly and succinctly, and that's that's part of why the the kids' climate strike has been so powerful. You know, they're not afraid to say what maybe the adults in the room are, or you know, sometimes have been afraid to say. For sure, one place where um, climate action is beginning to gain traction is in the Latrobe Valley. <laughs> Um, so for listeners at home, Latrobe Valley is home to um, large brown coal deposits or lignite, um, which has been used to power Victoria for quite a while now um, and done so at a supposedly cheap rate. Um, of course, not factoring in the externality of climate change in the way that it's burnt. But things are starting to change. Um, over the weekend, we saw the demolition of one of the chimneys at the Energy Bricks Small World Power Station, which shut down in 2014. Um, a bit of a symbolic change, but it is representing a wider change in the valley, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the most major change in the last couple of years has been the closure of the Hazelwood coal-fired power station, which is the most um, was the most polluting brown coal station in Australia, um, but there there still remains um, the Yalorn and Loyang A and B uh, coal-fired power stations in Latrobe Valley, but they are all very old power stations, and um, you know many people speculate that even just due to market conditions, um, you know the profitability of the the poor profitability of the mines stacked against the difficulty of maintaining them, um, especially in an age of climate change, um, will actually force them to close um, sooner rather than later. 
So, um, so the, the Latrobe Valley has this big economic challenge of how to seize the transition and make sure it works for them. And what sort of things are happening at the moment? I mean, there's been a few proposed um, changes for renewable energy happen in the Trove Valley. Yeah, that's right. So the probably the two biggest, uh, most important renewable energy projects that are kind of on the horizon at the moment are the Delburn Wind Farm and the Star of the South offshore wind farm. So the Delburn Wind Farm is a proposal uh, for, I think the project is about 300 megawatts. Uh, I'll have to check my notes to get the exact figures, mm. but it's a pretty sizable wind farm and it's proposed in a pine plantation um, between Fortdale and Yunar, so just just uh, south of the town of Morwell mm. and just, just rel- yeah, pretty close by to the... Um, to the mine that that has fed the Hazelwood coal-fired power station, so it's a it's a pretty sizable wind farm. And the thing that's particularly interesting about this proposal is that uh, the company Osney they want to open the wind farm up to community investment. So what that means is that people who are um, particularly local to um, the area, neighbours of the wind farm, would be able to buy into the wind farm and actually own own shares not just in the not not just in the company so you're not just signing up as a shareholder of the company but you actually own part of the wind farm and own the profits of that wind farm so that's a really interesting model uh, that that is a, a very clear break with the history of um, multinational corporations you know buying up um, the coal-fired power stations and laying laying off all the workers. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really interesting opportunity for people in the Latrobe Valley to actually own part of new energy infrastructure for themselves. And that seems to be a growing trend um, with uh, popularity. I've heard the adage that uh, the best type of energy is renewable energy, but the best type of renewable energy is community-owned renewable energy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which is a great uh, quote from Cam Walker, Friends <laughs> of the Earth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's 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 exactly yeah, that's that's true, and it is becoming more of a norm. Um, this this model has been used at the um, I think I believe it's called the Silverton Wind Farm, which is in New South Wales, which is one of the largest in Australia, and so they opened up twenty percent of the wind farm um, to community investment, and the, there was literally multiple multiple millions of dollars of um, uh, shares that were opened up to the community. And that really generated a lot of excitement and interest. Um, having people being able to own own the wind farm or part part own the wind farm directly is just a really interesting approach. And I think that we'll see more and more of this uh, across the country as as people try it out and they they learn that they can actually directly be part of the energy transition and you know own renewable energy directly. So that's really exciting. Mm. Um, and you know that that project also opens up opportunities for for manufacturing in the local area which is really important uh, when we consider the major economic transition that the area is going through Mm. so yeah all of these same opportunities though are on the table for another project that we've spoken about in this program before the star of the south Mm. which is a major offshore wind proposal um proposed off the gippsland coast so immediately east of um port albert and and yarram um, in Gippsland South, 
So uh, it's proposed um, between 8 to 10 kilometres off the coast. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a very, very major project. It's, it's about 250 turbines, um, and because they're offshore, they're quite large, and it would be capable of um, powering around 2,000 megawatts, um, which in, in, term, in actual electricity terms, that's, that would be capable of powering up to 1.2 million homes. So it's, it's yeah, pretty, pretty epic. Um, so <clears throat> that, that is a proposal that was being delayed by the federal coalition, and we ran a campaign to um, put pressure on the energy minister, Angus Taylor, to um, sign off on the exploration um, approval. So that was basically to allow the company to... Um, actually test the wind resource. So right from the get-go, they were de- delaying the project, but now that um, they'll actually be able to go ahead and just do the basic kind of seeing how much, what the wind, wind resource there is like, and hopefully in the future that will that will end up um, turning into a real project. But that that is such a big project that it has, yeah, big implications for the region and has um, opened up opportunities in, in local manufacturing, and that's everything from towers to turbines to smaller components that can that might be inside wind, the wind um, towers. Um, yeah, it's, it's huge. We see um, we're in the midst of a federal election, of course, and you kind of touched on the fact that there seems to be an ideological opposition to renewable energy, despite people calling themselves uh, free market uh, free marketeers and uh, libertarians. There seems to be this real block on the transition to renewable energy. What do you think the blockages are in Australian politics? Well, Australia, you know, we mining is, uh, a big contributor to the GDP. We're one of the largest exporters of coal and gas in the world. And so the the actual political power of the mining lobby is is pretty significant. Um, even though the you know whilst the mining industry likes to present itself as a big job creator, uh, it's it's actually pretty small. Mm. Uh, but they are it's they have weight as as corporate lobbyists, so yeah, it's, I think that that's 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 where we're getting <laughs> the stuff. That's the major stumbling block, um, and obviously politically, the the coalition think that they they can um, you know appease the um, corporate corporate lobbyists of the coal industry, whilst also demonstrating that they're different to um, to labour by strongly supporting coal, which is um, which is kind of crazy when you consider that most people don't actually support this this age-old industry that really needs to um, really needs to stay in the past when you consider the the seriousness of climate change. Oh, for sure. And you know, this is mounting up to be the climate election that we need, um, and it is exciting to see um, all the parties putting out. Lots of platforms, some better than others. Um, but if you're interested in finding out more about the federal election, you can always jump onto foe.org.au and just have a look in the news section. There's an article about the climate election um, outlining some of the things that we like to see, which you can use to help make that decision about who to vote for on May 18. So, um, Pat, um, the Torrey Valley is changing. Um, should we feel optimistic going into the future? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that particularly for Latrobe Valley, you know, the economic challenges are, um, are serious, but there is so much happening, whether it's local renewable energy projects down on the community scale, up to these larger projects, um, electric vehicle manufacturing. Uh, there, there's literally so much going on. Whenever I visit the region, I'm always blown away by how much is going on in terms of transition to a new economy. And so I think that's really exciting because it shows the rest of the community who don't live in a coal region what's possible when it comes to actually changing the energy system and acting on climate change. So I think we can all be optimistic about that. Great. I'm glad that we leave on an optimistic mark. But um, if people want to get involved and continue to make this uh, transition into a reality, how can they get involved with the Yester Renewables Collective? So the best way to get involved is come to one of our regular meetings. So we meet every Tuesday at 6pm at Friends of the Earth, Melbourne, uh, 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. So come along there. You can also send me an email and maybe we can tuck that on to the podcast. Um, And, yeah, we're a citizen-driven campaign. Um, You know, we're driven by the people that are involved and that's, that's where you can, you know, learn about what's going on in these places and actually get out there and help tell the story. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Pat. And I strongly encourage people to get along to Tuesday nights and um, be part of the Yes to Renewables Collective. Awesome. Thanks so Thanks, much, Bill. Pat. Have a great day. And we are almost out of time on Dirt Radio. It's 9.55 on a Tuesday morning. You are locked to 3CR, of course, on 8.55am. Or you might be streaming us on 3cr.org.au forward slash listen. Um, If you want to find out anything about uh, what's going on around in the grassroots movement in Melbourne, then I suggest you jump onto our Facebook page, Friends of the Earth Melbourne's Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash faux Melbourne. Um, of course, we were talking about the school strikes and it would be remiss not to let everyone know that there is now intentions to do uh, a Friday every week school strikes at the state parliament. So I suggest jumping onto the school strikers uh, Facebook page and have a look at that. Otherwise, you can also check out um, the school strike website which is www.schoolstrike4, the number four, climate.com. That's schoolstrike4, the number four, climate.com. Um, and they've got lists of all the events and things happening around the country because you might not be listening in Melbourne. Uh, also, just to plug on Friday mornings, you can make a whole day of activism by joining the uh, Seed Youth Indigenous uh, group down at the front of Origin Energy in Melbourne, where they have Frack Off Fridays. So at 7.30 in the morning, early, but worth it for this important cause, out the front, talking to workers as they're going into Origin Energy who plan to frack in the Beedaloo Basin in the Northern Territory, important stuff. So, marketing your diary, Fridays is the day for action. Join Seed outside of Origin at 7.30 and then at 9 o'clock straight across to the school strike in front of Parliament. What more could you want? Get involved. All right. So, it has reached the end of the show. Uh, We're going to go out on a track. Um, Reality now for many students. No recess. It is Nirvana School.